This is Scoot from the Cleveland Sports Fan Network here to tell you about our new lineup for the rest of 2021 and beyond. We still have your favorites like Oshimaida and the Fan on Mondays, our flagship show, the Cleveland Sports Fan, on Tuesdays. Wednesday has the Burley Gunner Show. Thursday is the Four Chubs, a roundtable show hosted by Burley Gunner. And on Friday, Pit Road News, a NASCAR, F1, and IndyCar talk show hosted by Scoot the Cleveland sports fan himself. New episodes every day at 6 a.m. Eastern. Visit us at redcircle.com forward slash Cleveland dash sport dash fan. Welcome to the Cleveland sports fan. I had a wonderful evening at the Rubber Ducks game in downtown Akron, which I don't mind sharing. Oh, man, that's right. Uh, uh, AA and AAA ball is going on. So you actually got to go see the Rubber Ducks. Yes. And how was that? It was fabulous. Uh, I went with some friends uh, that, that have a boat that they just ran into something and damaged their boat. But uh, we had okay seats and there was four of us and this dude walked up with four hats and we were figuring, Oh good. He's going to try and sell us these hats. Then he's like, Hey, would you like to have some upgraded seats? Uh, courtesy of Summa health. We're like, sure. And he's like, okay, they're right behind the, uh, pitcher or the catcher. I'm sorry. Uh, on the first row and there's four seats and they're like the only four seats in the whole stadium that have mesh and that swivel <laughs> like okay <laughs> and then he gave us four free hats we're like bonus okay great so we were literally right on the wall like the guys when they were like you know getting you know getting ready and, and warming up to bat and everything are like eh, three four feet away from us you know see it was a great night and then of course they had the fireworks and everything and it was kind of cool because they were paying homage to the, um, the, the, the original black baseball teams. And it was called, if I recall the, Oh no, I can't recall. Um, anyway, all the uniforms were in these old school, old style uniforms that paid homage to the black uh, MLB players or whatever that were playing in Akron at the time, the, the, the diorites or something like that was, it was, it was it was just a very cool game. We ended up winning. There was fireworks. There was beer. It was a great time. <laughs> it's you know it's been a long time since I've been to a non major league ball game, but I used to enjoy going to to the Columbus Clippers with my brother. Well, it, it it was no actually a better seats. time. Yeah, there's yeah. no bad seats. Um, it's just so relaxed, you know. It's like I've been to I've been to Browns games. It's a little more intense than I want to deal with. Um, yeah, but baseball games, you know, I've been to some Indians games. It's like 
It's like going to a park and there's some dudes out there. I know that you haven't watched a lot of racing lately. A little bit. That's really too bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, what, you know, unfortunately I love to go do instead of watch. Um, But I I did the, uh, I did watch the 24 hour uh, Rolex at Daytona. It's a big party that a friend of mine has. And um, it's good fun because like, it's kind of weird. It's not just a party because you got the big screen there and you're watching all the action. We have a a chart with magnets. So anytime that uh, a car takes the lead, we move the magnet to show this car's in the lead in this section and the LMFF or whatever the, 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 they have four, I believe different, uh, styles yeah, of cars in there. Yeah. And, um, pretty amazing stuff. Like, you know, I remember a few years ago, Mazda had this bizarre, it almost looked like a three wheel car. The two front wheels were just were close really, Yeah. The backs were way the hell out here and everything. And it was like, it just doesn't look like it's going to work, but it was doing okay. And you're like, meh, okay. It, it yeah. was, it was doing okay. The biggest problem with that car was that it was susceptible to tipping. If they would have As gone most any fast cars are, and I don't know why they didn't think of that, but I'm like, eh, okay, I'm and, not an engineer. I'm going to roll with it and see what the hell they do. And, like, eh, okay. and of course they're sitting there going, it's not three wheels. It's got four wheels guys. It's got four wheels, but there's not enough room between the front wheel. Yeah. Um, Why didn't you do it like all the trike bikes on the road and put the two front wheels way the hell out here and do the back two wheels real tiny together? Because that would have been maybe a little stable. I don't know. I'm not a physicist. I'm not an engineer. But dang, what do I want to do? The Rolex series is, is very intriguing to watch because you have the prototype cars as well as production cars. And... um um, the, those prototype cars uh, just fly. I mean, oh, yeah. they. Oh yeah. You're you're like three laps, and they're already coming up to the back right. end of the production cars. But it makes it so much fun to watch. And as far as the magnets and stuff like that, the only way that you can watch a 24 hour race like that is to do it that way because you can't keep track. Oh yeah. You, and, 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 and this group of people, they, they start this party at the beginning of the race and mm. they stay up 24 hours. So like you could stop in at five o'clock in the morning and, and there's still, still a there. couple people awake watching <laughs> the action, moving the mat. Okay. This person just went in, you know, and it's funny because they're like, they're, they're, they're texting, the, they're, they're doing their little zoom calls and shit on their phones with their, you know, with the kids and everything go, did you see that accident? Holy crap, man. They, you know, it's, it's just awesome but to watch. You know? The thing about it is that you could be in the pits for 10 laps and uh, still and, win and still win the race. It, finishing is probably 70% of that race. That's just it, getting to the finish line. It is it's a, like, it is a timed event. So the laps really aren't the most important thing. The most important thing is being there in the end because yeah, you, somebody else is going to, yeah, is going to fall go, apart. You're going to lose, you're going to lose 30% of that, 
group to failures, whatever, crashes, mechanical, whatever. But if you finish and you're doing okay, if you're keeping consistent lap times, you have a great chance of winning. But it's just like it's it's like the, the, the almost the tortoise on that one wins as opposed yeah. to the hare, you know? It, it actually makes, I, I think the Rolex series, I'm a huge F1 fan. The Rolex series kind of intrigues me a little bit more because there's a lot more strategy involved in it. Yeah. It's, you know, you, you've got multiple drivers, uh, you multiple classes, you're, you're having to weave in and out of slower traffic a lot of the time, or if you're a slower car, you got to watch out for the faster cars trying to lap you and shit like that. Yeah. It's, it's really kind of intense. And, it, and I'm always kind of amazed at, diversity of, of cars in there it's like you got cadillac who like came on strong as hell last year i mean they, they had some phenomenal showings you had acura you would assume is everything but they're like running these uh, hybrid cars in that race doing really well which is in itself kind of a feat you know it's like who who knew a hybrid car was competitive in racing you know I mean, you think about it, you think about the production cars that are in, in the, these races, but Porsche, Porsche used to be top of the top of the world when they were in formula one years and years and years oh, ago, yeah. the minute that they left, you know, it, they're, they're still racing. They're still building cars that oh, yeah. are incredibly good. BMW. Even. I, I love watching the BMWs. Uh, just seeing that, seeing that double kidney coming at you. <laughs> yeah, but um, the, the, the cool thing also is like, you also get like a couple Aston Martins in there and you're like, Ooh, Aston Martin, you know, <laughs> do they finish? Yeah, but they're cool to watch, you know, next thing you know, Bentley's coming. <laughs> uh. <laughs> now this yeah. guy. This guy who does this whole party also has, he owns a, I want to say it's a 56 uh, Austin Healy Sprite with a Sebring front end on it. Mm. And that's the car that he was driving in the uphill uh, race. It's a classic uphill race. It was in Pikes Peak. Hmm? Pikes no, Peak. no, no, no. This is in Ohio. This was just a small classic car uphill race. So it was not Pikes Peak. It was, you know, maybe, uh, I, maybe a five mile course and not many turns, but, but you know, we're talking like there was a, a Ferrari Testarossa in the group. There was, there was one freaking 2014 NASCAR in the group. I know like what the hell's going on. You know, there's, mg midgets there's there was a triumph spitfire there's a triumph tr6 they have like four different classes of cars but you're like seeing all the like just guys that own classic cars that are better than roadworthy and drive them up this this classic hill climb and everything and it was it was it was awesome to, to watch it was like it was funny as hell because i was at work but they uh they had it on, uh, it was either Discord or uh, some other thing. So I got to sit at my desk 
and watch, watch the hill climb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just turned the volume down. I was like, you know, talk to customer. He's like, hey, hold on a second. Oh, shit. There he is. There he is. You know, I was watching him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was good times. I, I, I've watched some of the hill climb stuff. I, well, I watch Pike's Peak every year. Um, probably my favorite hill climb race to watch and they have several different classes in it oh, i don't yeah. think i've ever seen a nascar go up there uh but that looks like something i think i'd want to try that's the, the pike's peak is for me at least too many corners to memorize because if you forget that one corner you fall down thousands, thousands of feet, and you die, and it kind of sucks. Um, I, I I could go for a five mile hill climb or a ten mile hill climb or something like that in you know not so dangerous conditions. But I mean, that's like the pinnacle of. I'd love to go watch that. Not want to run that shit unless I was like being a navigator or some shit like that. Going you know five degrees this way, you're having a you know second you know second second gear turn coming up here and you're doing 20 and whatever, you know, I am literally about 80 pounds overweight. If I fall down, I'm going down. Boom. Oh yeah. Gravity's real heavy on me right now. I'm, I'm pushing like <laughs> 265 right now. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm literally, I'm, I'm damn near a hundred pounds over the weight that I got married at. So, you know, I was 150 pounds when I got married. I, I am once- now. I was 175, but I'm, I'm a little now, taller than you. I'm 264 now. You are you're, taller than me. I am, and you're damn near the same weight I am. What the hell, man? It, um, I'm going to call you Java from no, now on, fucker. That's, that's what we call COVID. Yeah, that um, bullshit. And I call I, beer and nachos, mother. I'm going to <laughs> stick to the fact that it's probably COVID. That's right. Yeah, it's the lockdown. It's lockdown weight. That's really what it is. Lockdown it is weight. definitely lockdown weight. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. So so instead of the hill climb stuff and all that, I, I know you used you used to do SCCA, didn't you? No, I um. I, I take that back. I did a couple SCCA, um, uh, just going around the little courses and timed events and stuff like that. You know. For, yeah, you I know, saw the plaque courses. in your car the one time. Yeah, um, uh, I did Akron Sports Car Club a few times, which is just kind of rally races, which were timed events that you got these bizarre directions, like you would turn turn left at third opportunity, which means you had to count the third left turn on a road and turn left there and then maybe you had a direction that was you know left at y or left at third light or you know right at right you know second right after the bar, red barn on the right hand so there's these bizarre directions plus you had questions along the way of you know there were bizarre questions like what, what's the well actually carl and i wrote one of these courses and used uh this guy's barn the guy that has the boat that has the car and everything because he used to fly airplanes and he actually has like the altitude of his house written on his barn and so one of the questions was 
what's your altitude? You know, <laughs> and you're like, how the hell am I supposed to, if you looked over to the right, it was altitude 1138. And that, that's the altitude above sea level that that particular house was sitting at, you know? <laughs> so it's like, so the, yeah, those, those road rallies were a little bit of a, you know, uh, go, you know, finding, you know, little tidbits here and there and following directions. And it was also a timed event. You, if you did the event and you hit X amount of stoplights in green, blah, 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 it should take you this amount of time. So time uh, finishing and getting the amount of questions correct all went into the calculation of did you win, did you lose, what place did you come into? And we got into that. It was a bizarre thing because Carl called me up. I was like, hey, there's this one lap of Akron thing. Let's go do it. I'm like, no, sure. Why not? You know, and so we jumped in my car, which is a stick shift, not the greatest car for doing a road rally in, but whatever. And um, he's like navigating and asking these questions. We're looking all over. We found a couple guys because they were in these kind of like bright red, you know, uh, Toyota MR2s and whatever. So they're easy to follow. It's like we kind of got lost. We're like, all right, where's the MR2? There it is. Let's go that direction and just fucking go on with it. And uh, ended up coming in for our first run. We were in the beginner class, came in second in the beginner's class. And it kind of hooked us into that. And so we did, I don't know, four or five of those, wrote one and, you know, did that kind of thing. So the, and they're, they're a lot of fun. They're just I, a whole lot of fun. I wish Carl was on here with us tonight. Um, I, Carl, unfortunately, is dealing with the Rona. Uh, but Carl. Trouble, trouble breathing. But yeah, he, he does. He does weave a story even better than you and I combine. Carl has been the instigator in my love of auto racing, my love of cars. I, my dad was into cars. My dad got me into cars a lot, but it was, it was Carl that, that would invite me to come over and work on his mini. And I, I started to figure out after time went on that Carl was using me to work on his mini. Well, well yeah. Well, I, I, and, and you almost have to with those cars. I mean, you want, you see the vision of the car as a whole and you realize I can't do that. I have no idea how to make that happen, but there's other people out there in the world that, you know, this guy knows a bull street. All right. Well, can I, can I tap into your knowledge or can I, can I tap into you do this and, and, and I'll do this for you. And you obviously were the electronical engineer. Cause I, remember watching you do all the damn plugs and and, and, that, and all the electrical in that damn car and it kind of blew me away now he and he learned a lot from you because he did a car after that where i think he did all the electrical himself and did a pretty damn good job of it which really reflects well on you because he didn't know shit about electronics at the time I, you know it, that car was a pain in the butt too. Oh uh, well, he wanted everything on that car. He wanted he wanted a radio up top. He wanted a CB radio up top. He wanted uh, he wanted it, he wanted the sun and the moon in a car that you could get two guys and flip over. I mean, he, you know, you couldn't fit all the crap he wanted in that car into that car. It's yeah, it was but, just so tiny. 
it, okay, it, his his car. So people know it, it's a Morris Minor Mini, and uh, the overhead compartment where we put put the stereo. Um, literally all that stuff had to be, all that had all that stuff had to be custom made. So we're running the power up there and everything, and I have him start the car, and I'm looking at my voltmeter, and I'm like. Dude, this car doesn't even have enough voltage to run the radio. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? You want to put subs in the back? (laughs) It's like you have a a, 1100cc engine. It's like you can't make enough volts to run a normal car, let alone what you want. Unless you put a real you know, alternator on the car, which is you know five times the size of the alternator it's supposed to be on the car. My my dad and I uh, were were talking. And I this was probably five years ago, and uh, uh, I told him if I ever became rich, the the one thing that I would do is I would buy ten of my friends an MGB. And I would look at them and say, you have one year to fix this up, to be able to go and race from New York city to LA. Oh, you want to do a, uh, you want to do a gumball rally, huh? With a British car. <laughs> well, let me tell you my little, you know, for the past 25 years, I have always wanted easier. You remember my Triumph TR6, the blue one. The blue one, yes. I would love to find what a... What was the brown one that you had? That though? was the Spitfire. That which one, I love I that know. car, but what a piece of junk. All Triumphs have issues. Uh, but anyway, I would love, if I hit the lottery, whatever, to, to find a, a nice shell of a TR6. Take the drivetrain from a because that was a straight six engine in that car originally okay? right but very anemic i mean if it if it made a hundred horsepower it was lucky but i would love to find a not even a, not even the m just a standard bmw straight six engine powertrain rear wheel drive and adapted to that car and more specifically get the electronics from a BMW or even a Honda. It's just something that was more reliable electronics and, and, and make a Frankenstein car, make it look traditional and everything like that, but make it have some guts and reliability. And then that would be a car. I, you know, I couldn't do the MGB. I was never an MG guy, but I could do it. I could do us. I could do a tier six. You know, I, I, I think I coast think- to coast, you know, <laughs> I think ultimately the 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 whole idea in my premise well the whole idea in my pre- premise was that my father is 100% English. So I, I I'm kind of up there with him. I got a ton of old like yeah, I got a ton of English here. Yeah, I, I'm like 70% English Irish and the rest is a hodgepodge. Yeah, why we don't so, eat boiled everything is beyond me, but whatever. But but because of that, I wanted to do this race with my dad <laughs> in British sports cars. Now, of course, my my father, the minute that I said MG to him, 
he was like, I'll do a Jaguar. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like J type, right? <laughs> you know, even a TVR would be kind of a cool car, but yeah, I, 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 it's just, I don't think that it's just an MGB. I think it's the fact I want to do a race in British cars all the way across the country. Well, you can't have a hundred percent British car and make it across the country. That's one of the problems. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was telling one of my friends, I, I owned it. I owned a Spitfire for a while. It was purple. It was gorgeous. I, I custom painted it myself with spray cans. Um, That's the best. And if it was in bright sunlight, you could see the lines. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the allure. Come on. <laughs> and uh uh all my friends i asked me why'd you get rid of it why'd you get rid of it i said the speed limit went up what do you mean <laughs> the speed limit went up i said when the speed limit went up from 55 to 65 i could no longer drive the speed limit <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't keep up i <laughs> <laughs> like there's nothing i could do that's right, why i, I go on I have two stories. The first is I am the reason that our aforementioned buddy Carl got into British cars in the first place. I owned my PSO POS brown and it looked like third brown color Spitfire. That was a gorgeous and, car though, man. And I was I was working at a little Italian restaurant, in West Akron, and he stopped by and said, Hey, can I drive your car? Yeah, I don't give a shit. Here's the keys. Go have fun. And it was like 50 degrees outside, which wasn't that Yukonos? Yes, yes. And at 50 degrees, you had to take the top down. That was the rule in my car. The top must come down at 50 degrees. Now, unfortunately, it was probably more like 48, and I cracked a bunch of the little plastic windows in the back, but yeah, whatever. It was a $1,000 car. <laughs> I don't care. Put the top down, send him on his way. couple hours later, he comes back. And then like six months later, he's like, hey, I'm buying an Austin Mini. I'm like, what? You know, yeah, I, I had not heard of Austin Mini. So, <laughs> so I am the reason that he was addicted to British and the reason that you had to suffer through the electronics of his damn car. Now, the other thing was in same said brown POS, and, and this is Carl's story, not mine. And, and I, I, I honestly don't remember this. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying I don't remember. <laughs> he says that we were rolling down the highway and there was a semi truck. And supposedly I did the fast and furious maneuver of changing lanes underneath a semi truck whilst in my Triumph Spitfire. I, I don't know if I would refute that because at the time that that would have been, I wouldn't have put it past you. I, I wouldn't put it past me either um and doing the measurements it would have fit <laughs> <laughs> i just don't remember it which also at that time of my life 
might have been an actual problem. I, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, it could have happened. I'm not <laughs> saying it did. I'm not saying it didn't. I just, I don't remember it. But now, okay, you know, supposedly. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I definitely would not put that past you. I've, uh, I think we've done some very well. Shoot, we we jumped the tracks. Where was that? Uh, I want to say it was off of Exchange, but it wasn't Exchange. It was uh, where the Armadillo was, the road that the Armadillo was on. There were the train tracks down at the one end, and there was a little oh hump. yeah by the Pepsi yeah, yeah. one under Route Eight and yeah. the Pepsi plant, and they had their tracks there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see yeah. that happening. Yeah, that was that was a very um, well. First off, I'm in a triumph that is falling apart. Yes, and it is off the ground now by like three feet. And when we landed, I went, "Do you have shocks in this?" <laughs> Probably not. Because <laughs> if you did, they're gone now. <laughs> <laughs> It was a great car, though, man. Uh, it 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 took a lot of abuse, and and it, yeah, it it was it was a lot of fun. It it had no catalytic converter. Uh, that was one of the first things that I had to get fixed on that car. I, I drove it when I purchased it. I drove it maybe a quarter mile, and it died. And I had to get it you know, right after I bought it. It died. I should have known then just to take it back, get my money back. No. So the guy at the shop said, well, your catalytic converter was all boogered. Now, I'm not allowed to fix them, but I can take them apart. If I tip them on their end and all the crap falls out, so be it. And I just put the shell back on and there you go. So then I had this big resonant chamber that loved to collect the rich gas mixture of my poorly mixed SU carburetors and if you <laughs> if you rode it too hard and shut it off too fast this enormous almost cannon like backfire would happen on that car so yeah it, yeah it, it, it had a lot of little issues but, okay we're uh, we're we're what 30 years older now than than that point in time let me ask you now 2005 no, probably 40. It was 80. It, it was the 87 when I met you. So 89, 99, 09. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We're down. Uh, 35. Yeah. We're 30, 35 30 years. plus. <laughs> Holy shit. Anyway, so 35 years later, let's say. What would be your dream car now? I would have to go with some big honking American chunk of iron convertible that I could cruise around with, you know, power steering that you could use your pinky to drive the day. I This is Scoot from the Cleveland Sports Fan Network here to tell you about our new lineup for the rest of 2021 and beyond. We still have your favorites like Oshimaida and the Fan on Mondays, our flagship show, the Cleveland Sports Fan on Tuesdays, Wednesday has the Burley Gunner Show, Thursday is the Four Chubs, a roundtable show hosted by Burley Gunner, and on Friday, Pit Road News, a NASCAR 
F1, and IndyCar Talk Show, hosted by Scoot, the Cleveland sports fan himself. New episodes every day at 6 a.m. Eastern. Visit us at redcircle.com forward slash Cleveland dash sport dash fan. I've gotten old and I want my creature comforts now. I do miss the convertible. I do. I do miss the convertible. I won't lie. Now, like I just bought, I, I had a, a 04 Civic for the past 15 years and drove it to almost 200,000 miles. And I re- and I've driven stick shift for this shy of 40 years. I used to drive my mom's car up and down the driveway to get used to the stick shift when I was 14. And I'm now 54. I still love a stick shift. Yeah. But the car I own now is an automatic. Why is it automatic? Because it has remote start. (laughs) And I live in Ohio. And it's cold as F up here in the wintertime. <laughs> and I can warm up my car from sitting inside my work. And like, beep, beep. Oh, yeah, it's running. It's all good. It'll be nice and toasty warm. <laughs> and I can plug my phone in and my maps come up on there. I'm a little Waze app tells them where the cops are at. I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. Cop up ahead. And, and the price, the gas mileage. I was getting 24 in my last car. I'm getting 38 in this one. It's but- a no-brainer. But just think about the gas mileage you're going to get in that Triumph TR6. Six or seven? With, <laughs> with no air conditioning. <laughs> it's a convertible. Who cares? That's a car you drive when it's nice, you know? See, see, I'm kind of on the same boat as you. My favorite car, American-made car, that was that's ever been built as a production vehicle has always been the Camaro. I've owned two of them. Uh, the last one that I had was the 1981, the old boxy <laughs> with the two headlights. I was like, oh, I love this car. I love this car. <laughs> but I, if I were to buy a car new today, it would be a Camaro convertible. Big, heavy-ass car that gets 30 miles to the gallon that I can take the top down on. Wait, you're talking a brand new Camaro? That's if I was buying a brand new car. Here's the problem with me being in the car business. I know that that is the worst rated sports car on the market. Yes. Like, I get it. It has a Corvette engine. Great. It's also the worst race. I would, if I did buy a a brand new sports car, mm-hmm. I would almost have to go for a new Mustang. I love the looks of the, and I know it's Ford. I get it. But damn, that's a no. good looking car. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, have you seen the new, uh, the new fully electric Mustang that they came out with? No. Oh my gosh. You just you just sit there for a second. Let me do some typing and you're about to see something that you will sit there and go. Uh, I, I got a cell phone in front of me. Hold on. Are they doing Ford? Electric Mustang. 
Okay. The hell's that? <laughs> that is not a Mustang. <laughs> hey, that's the first time I've heard you say something good about Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's not a Mustang. That's well, it's like you know, I, I took in a, a an OH Chevy Impala today. It's like I'm looking at this thing going, this is not an Impala. All right. Start right. I oh, Judas Priest. <laughs> okay. okay, the taillights are okay, but a freaking hatchback. Come on. So the only reason I know about this car is that one of the uh, one of the the YouTubers that I watch actually drove it across country to see how long it would take uh, to to get from New York to LA in an electric vehicle. And it it well he's he's done the race twice now. He did it once with the Tesla and once with the Ford Emoc. And uh the Ford Emoc takes something like four hours to fully charge where the Tesla, if you actually find a Tesla super station, it takes an hour or less. Yeah. Well, it, it it's an hour. If it's, if you're fully, if you fully discharged. Oh, if you've got the big, big battery. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So, so I was like, Oh, 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 the minute I saw that I, I, I had to actually call my one friend, Jonathan, who has collected Mustangs ever since we were in high school. And uh, I was like, did you see the new Mustang? Did you see the new Mustang? He said, no, is it really cool? I said, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. So then I sent him a screenshot of what it was. And he wrote me back going, fuck you. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's that, not a mustang that, that, that reminds me of blowing up a mustang engine at uh crybaby bridge in doylestown back in college actually yeah friend he, he, we were all partying having a good time and he had this mustang mach one okay 70s you know 70s yeah, something like that. You know, just did that that cool kind of fastback look. You know, the one from James Bond and Diamonds Are Forever. And um, I guess I was the sober-ish one of the bunch, and I was. Oh, yeah, there's you know, something I've never heard before. I know, right? Like, you want me to drive? Like, okay, fine. And. Uh, I drink and that probably because I was the only one that knew how to get there. Maybe that was the problem. I was the only one with directions. I drove all the way down 21, and you know, and and the and the huge back then, huge lights on the expressway were something brand spanking new. So you had these like hundred foot tall poles and these orange you know looks like ufo round things on these poles that was that was brand spanking new and of course everybody else in the car was high as kites and like uh yeah so that's the kind of ride we were doing but get down all the way to doylestown back in the back hills 
get on the crybaby bridge, shut the car down. We're all just having a laugh and everything. I get back in the cars. It will not start. So we had to wait there about an hour. I think we lost radiator fluid, cracked the block, whatever. Had to wait there about an hour for the thing to cool down before it started up again. Started it up. We're cruising back up. We every I don't know thirty minutes we have to pull over, stop, let the damn thing cool down. It took hours to get back to Akron. To- <laughs> So, so if you were pretty car broke down like a triumph, but you know, whatever, what do you want? If there was a classic car. Ooh. Um, might have to go for an Alpine tiger. Ooh. Uh, Man, wow. Um, kind of a rare one. Why would you want to go with that? You don't see a ton of them around. Um, and when they came out, they cost about as much as an AC Cobra did. Uh, not quite the power that the Cobra had, but just had that cool, it was a more British vibe on that car. Um I think the smaller version was one of the cars they used in the beginning credits of Get Smart, if I recall. Before the Carmen Ghia, it was an Alpine Tiger. Um, it, just kind of a cool car, you know, and you don't see a ton of them around there. And it nice. had a V8, and an American V8 engine, a tiny little British car, and they were kind of rare. So it'd just be kind of a cool little car. And big enough for me to fit in. That's another qualification now there you go mm. check it buddy look at that all right <laughs> you ready to see mine go ahead let's see what you got uh mga what is that mgtd oh nice very nice mm. I, uh, an old morgan wouldn't be bad either Oh, don't even tempt me. Don't tempt me. <laughs> that is, I, I even told my wife, that is my dream car. <laughs> and then I had to explain to her that it was made out of wood. And she was like, what? <laughs> there are quite a few cars out there made out of wood, believe it or not. They just, you know, they didn't last, unfortunately, because <laughs> they, they were made out of wood. You know? They didn't didn't last with the termites in Ohio. Uh, <laughs> yes, the MGTD. And the first place that I saw it, I'm trying to remember what movie it was. It was the movie with Rodney Dangerfield when he goes back to school. And I think I it, was it was called Back to School. Back to School, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the professors comes driving up in it. And I was yes. like, Oh, that is a super hot car. My dad turns around and looks at me. He's like, oh, you should get an Excalibur. What? Oh, God, yeah. That's a fabulous looking car, too. Absolutely. What? <laughs> yep. That is gorgeous. That MG is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Hey, the Excalibur was an interesting car, but most of them were kits. Yeah, true. True, true. It's, uh, you know, there were it was so rare to find an original. Oh yeah. 
It's so, like a unicorn. Exactly. So, yes, that may be my English card to race across the country in. That's a tough, that's a tough call, man. I mean, there's so many bizarre ones out there that you just want to like see resurrected just to see yeah. them on the road, you know? Well, that, and there's, there's so many that we've never seen. Like, Triumph had dozens of cars out the Triumph Stag, a Triumph Reliant, and ugly as hell cars, but we never saw them over there. We never knew what they looked like. There were, uh, there were two cars that my brother owned, actually three. He had that there, there were two cars that were extremely rare that I totally fell in love with, with, (laughs) uh, the first one. Well, actually I'll start with the second one that he, he got the second one that he got was a uh, Alfa Romeo Spider. Oh, that's a quintessential cool car. It was a beautiful car. I believe that car was in the movie Fletch in a scene where he was running away from the cops. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And it was it was such a I mean it that car was absolutely gorgeous. Oh yeah, absolutely. But the first rare car that he got besides his '56 uh, Ford Mustang hardtop that he was going to try to make a convertible by himself oh, in our garage God. before my father finally said, "That's a classic car. You will not touch it." <laughs> But his uh, his next score, I guess is what you would call it, <laughs> was this little baby. An Opal GT, Woo-hoo! a piece of history. <laughs> with, the, with the lights that flipped this way to open up. That's a cool little car. That, that, I, I won't lie. Not, right, o- um, not only did they flip up that way, but it was all manual. There was a oh, handle. Really? That I did not know. There was a handle in the car with a rod that went <laughs> to the driver's side light. Then there was a rod that went from the driver's side light to the passenger side light. So when you went to open your, your headlights, you better be a pretty strong guy. (laughs) (laughs) It's like manual landing gear in an aircraft. So you sit there and you push that handle forward. (laughs) And usually the bars would bend, of course. Because everything was rusted out because, you know, British. Uh, But anyway. So literally they would start to spin slowly. Then all of a sudden it was a... (laughs) And you're like... Was that not a fiberglass car? It was. Well, it had it had fiberglass and steel components to it, like the roof. That was steel. Oh wow! Okay. Um. But when there were there were a ton of body parts that were fiberglass, and and 
if you didn't know what they were, like my brother, you would start <laughs> sanding, and all oh, of a God. sudden, <laughs> you'd sand right through the body and go, "Why? Why? Why do I have a hole? What the oh. hell?" <laughs> I never even saw sparks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was no rust in the car. I don't get it. <laughs> uh, I, I love my brother, but he had, he has zero brains. Okay, uh, so what about <laughs> a Fiat X19? Uh, you know, I really don't know that much about Fiats. I don't think I've ever seen one. Hang on a second. Get up. I am bringing it up right now. Kind of the grandfather of the Toyota MR2 in all in all reality. Fiat 149 X19 X19. Ooh, look at that. There's one for sale. <laughs> uh, share my screen. Go with the green. Now that is a car. Oh my! My, my Lord. father lived in California. <clears throat> my parents split around 1976, and I would go out to California to visit him every year. Those cars were everywhere. So you're talking an Italian car, mid-engine, rear-wheel drive, and obviously it's a small displacement engine, but it's a tiny little car. When they ran. They ran spectacularly, um, okay. and, and they they were pretty plentiful. Um, which and then that, that brings me to a a, a a big wish list car that that's kind of a pie in the sky car. Oh heck yeah, VW absolutely. Mm -mm. Well, that car it's... was originally slated to be that is wagon. That is very true. That is true. <laughs> I, I will jump in on you on that. Um, but yeah, that's just a it, it, that car is on the verge of being ugly, like a pug. Dude, that, there's okay. We're gonna take a little break here. All right, so so we're gonna get we're gonna go into probably my second favorite car manufacturer right now okay you're, you're all about Ever. porsches i love porsches okay air-cooled engine it's not a v6 it is a six-cylinder but it's not a v mm. what that car is, would that be that's almost every porsche the porsche 911 well, yeah yeah 911s and all that yeah yeah okay gotcha 914 so one of my favorites, but my yeah, ultimate favorite business Porsche. car. What, what was that? The 928? Yes. Cool. Cool. Pretty much any sports car with a pop-up headlight was a cool car. Baby, there she is. Yes. Look V8. at that bad boy. Front engine, rear wheel drive, V8. I rode in one of those. Carl's next door neighbor had oh. one of those and took me for a joy ride on the highway. 
And this guy was cool as a cucumber in a car. I mean, just the coolest ever. As a matter of fact, when I was spinning out on the highway on 224 on the overpass, he was in the passenger seat and we did this. We looked at each other. We like looked over and went shrug. That was it. That's all we did. <laughs> yeah, we're spinning out on a highway overpass, 30 feet above other traffic. What are you going to do? Just looked over, shrugged. Yeah, whatever. It yeah. That's what it is. But yeah, he, he took me for a joyride in that car. And that car was a blast. That that car was, it, it was a beast, man. Yeah. Uh, it had 100 foot pounds of torque. Uh, so when it took off, it was like sink your ass into the seat. Take you had off. to watch though, because there was a couple. I want to say the the later models got hindered by American standards and lost a lot of horsepower, a lot of torque. But the original, and it might have been an S version or something like that, was just a monster car. It was kind of like the M version of yeah. that car. It was a monster. Yeah. Yeah. That was, fun, fun car. I mean, seriously, if if you look at all of Porsche's cars, their their base model, uh as far as power goes, is is down almost a hundred horsepower, 150 horsepower from, yeah. from the rest of their models. Yeah. Um, but the American government back in the late 70s, early 80s started all of their emissions crap and catalytic converters and stuff like that. And, and it slowed down the European sports cars. I mean, not, not just Porsche, but you've got to look at Ferrari. You got to look at Lamborghini, which were two separate companies at that point in time, unlike today. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, all of these cars lost uh, about a hundred horsepower because of the emissions crap that was being put in on them. And lo and behold, don't, don't buy a Porsche in California. Oh God, no. Uh, yeah, smog emissions and all that. Kind of, yeah. It kills those cars. It, all right. So if we're talking really dreamy cars, what about a Lancia Stratos? Oh my God. Gosh, Lancia. I love Lancia. Ferrari engines, purpose-built road Which one? Stratos? Stratos, yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Good good stuff there. Look at that, baby. Those things ruled uh rally car uh and dirt tracks and and all those all those videos that you watch where the guys are going sideways through you know british countryside that car ruled for two or three years it was just a beast super lightweight uh the ferrari i want to say it was the six cylinder dino engine but i'm not 100 sure i can't remember what was in that car but see here uh, ferrari powered and but just beautiful 
Just a Look, beautiful, beautiful body on that girl. I, I just, I, I'm always amazed at Ferrari's bodywork. And, and even though this is Alancia, um, Ferrari had a lot of a lot to do with the way that this car was was built. Oh, it, you, right, absolutely. And you you totally see right here the secondary wing right at the rooftop, which was for, a working wing on that car. Mm-hmm. There was not any of that car that was for show. It was all purpose built. That back wing there. This one right here. Had, yeah, it, it had a purpose. It, it had to keep the back end down. It was a rear-wheel drive car. Once you got over 100, it started getting squirrely. They needed that. It was just, yeah, just everything about the car was just all purpose-built. It was just a great, you know, See, and if form you, and function all in one package. If you look right here, uh, you, you see the front fender is, is curved with the tire. Yep. But at the time... If you look at the Formula One cars at this point in time, they had an aerodynamic piece going over the top of the top of the tire to the to the barge board. Mm-hmm. And it was almost this exact same thing. This is all downforce right here, man. This is keeping... probably that was probably just hand built just to fit those bigger tires on mm-hmm. that car. And they probably nailed it within a tenth of a you know whatever it, it was probably a tenth of a centimeter off of what the aerodynamic people would have built in the first place yeah it's gorgeous and, and it and it flowed with the whole car you know that's that's an afterthought to that car and it still looks gorgeous uh, yeah every bit of that car is is extremely uh aerodynamic and it was all hand built it yeah. no forms no nothing well Lancia was a pretty small company i mean now, they, that was pretty much the car they built you know here we go oh you're killing me now man <laughs> oh there she is look at yeah. that baby Uh, there's the hardtop version. And still a gorgeous car. I mean, you, you obviously wanted the convertible, but even as a hardtop, it's kind of like the Jag. The E-Type Jag in a hardtop was equally as beautiful as the convertible version. And that's another car that, and that's kind of a hard, that's kind of a hard thing to get nowadays is a car that looks good, convertible and hardtop. Well, you know, really, what is what is your choices nowadays with the convertible? You've got the Mazda Miata, you got the BMW Z4, you've got the uh, Camaro, you've got the Corvette, which the new Corvette, if I don't know that the mid-engine one has a convertible just yet, it may, but I don't think they do. It's a T-top. Yeah. You know, but then again, in a Corvette, you're not going to get a full convertible. Yeah. Uh, Not since the 70s, I think. No, the 80s had a couple of convertibles come to think of it. Isn't that about it for the convertibles, though? I mean, Um, what what else is being made, manufactured? God, I want to say there's some Fiat 
that there's some Fiat. Oh, that Fiat that has a convertible. Fiat um, 400, 500. Mini, I want to say Mini has had or has one. Um, oh God, uh, Nissan doesn't have anything anymore. Nope. Yeah, it, it's pretty. It's a pretty rare car. I mean, and it's it's kind of weird because like for a touring car. Oh, like, Alfa Romeo. Yeah, Alfa Romeo, but that's almost a boutique car at this point. If you're talking, you know, something you can actually get, it's kind of tough. <laughs> I kind of miss the uh, the Solara, the 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 Camry Solara, the Toyota, the Toyota. Yeah, that car was actually built for their uh, their high end line, but. Um, they didn't want it for some reason. So they badged it as a Toyota. And um, that's just a, I mean, if you want a relaxing, reliable convertible that seats more than one and a half persons, that, that's a lot of convertible is a hell of a car. Oh, hang on. Let me just mute that right now. <laughs> Uh, I don't really find that's Give except the cookies. Take I, it. Uh, <laughs> uh, for Romeo USA, because I, I know that they're selling the convertible here now, or maybe they're not. You bastards. Uh, it was supposed to be being sold here this year. Yeah, what was that? What was that one BMW that was it an Alpine? Uh BMW has a convertible in the four series. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about previous cars like 10, 15 years ago. Uh the Alpina. Okay. This is Scoot from the Cleveland Sports Fan Network here to tell you about our new lineup for the rest of 2021 and beyond. We still have your favorites like Oshimaida and the Fan on Mondays. Our flagship show, the Cleveland Sports Fan, on Tuesdays. Wednesday has the Burley Gunner Show. Thursday is the Four Chubs, a roundtable show hosted by Burley Gunner. And on Friday, Pit Road News, a NASCAR, F1, and IndyCar talk show hosted by Scoot, the Cleveland Sports Fan himself. New episodes every day at 6 a.m. Eastern. Visit us at redcircle.com forward slash Cleveland dash sport dash fan. I think that's it. BMW. Alpina B7. Yes. Oh, they have it as a. Oh, That's God. currently for sale. I did not know that. They have the B7. They have the B8. Holy crap. They, they have an Alpina out next year. Oh, good Lord. Look at that badass. <laughs> Dude, I hey, love it. You wanted your it. kidneys. There you go. <laughs> I love me a BMW. <laughs> Let me take this out and see what we come up with. <laughs> type, in, <laughs> type in Alpina convertible 
and it'll pop right up. There you oh, go. There you go. Look at that. Uh, used 2003. 17,000. Dude, that is sweet. That's just, that's a whole package right there. You got German engineering backing up. Ton of horsepower and torque, lightweight. If I had to guess, that thing's got to be a 50 50 weight distribution and just sexy as all get out. I mean, that's just a whole package right there. That is a hot car. Oh, look at that bad boy. It's a bit of all right. That's what that is. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna do it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you remember I sell Mazdas. <sighs> All right, and it's kind so, of weird. I, I've told people time and time again, bang for the buck. The Mazda Miata is probably the best convertible out there in the market. You're not going to spend over 40 grand on that car ever. And you'll get all the fun in the world. They The hard top is a freaking convertible. And it's, it's a gorgeous and it's only, engineering. Gorgeous. And it's only 33,000. No, so it starts there. And you might go as high as 38. But, dude, you get a ton, you get a ton of content. You get Japanese reliability. Um you get a good looking car, you get a well balanced car, you get a ton of fun. Is it going to win every race it's in? Never. But you can throw that thing into any curve and just have a blast all day long. I mean, get that, yeah. that, that one day in October when it hits about 65 degrees, but every single leaf has turned a perfect color, you take that car out on a back road and you just go. And you just enjoy life for a little while. That's what that car is made for. Yeah. It's, you know, I even myself, I'm fine with the sport version. Give me the cheapest yeah. version there is. This car is made to play. Absolutely. But, but the thing about the Mazda Miata, and I've known tons of people that have owned these. And like my ex-wife's father, has over 400,000 miles on his Miata. <laughs> it, it was one of the first Miatas that was, that was built. He's had yep. it the entire time. It's been his daily driver. Those Japanese engines will keep running. And this is why I've always loved Honda, Toyota. Uh, oh yeah. They, those are cars that will rust out before the engine stops. Absolutely. And that car there was a direct inspiration from your MG, my Triumph. They wanted all that fun and reliability at the same time. And they really achieved it in that car. And then for and it's always been the reliable MG is what that car is. I I I honestly believe that this is the 
longest running convertible production car in the world. Uh, that is probably true. They have been building this. What's this, the 80s? Yeah, early 80s. I remember yeah, when it 80s. came out. Or late I mean, 80s. late 80s. Late 80s or early 90s. When yeah, that I, car, maybe 91. I, I, I can't remember, but. I yeah. think I was graduating. I had graduated from high school when it came out. And I remember yeah. saying to my mother, this car is only five grand, mom. I want it. <laughs> and God, do you remember when cars were five grand? Yeah, I, I, I remember when my parents bought a VW Bug for 2200 brand new uh, anyway and i love the people that have taken that original mx5 or miata whatever you want to call it, and and stuffed an american v8 engine in those things um while being exciting i'm not going to give up the japanese engine no but you got to admit can you imagine the sound of a short block Chevy and the style of a Miata and the performance of a Miata all put together? Yes. <laughs> you, you'd drive that car in a heartbeat. Would, you would drive that car. I, I'm not going to argue with you. I would <laughs> totally drive that car. Ah. Uh, uh, okay, here's here's another one of my favorites, right? Wait, what? What? Oh, well, yeah. You're talking classic cars. Look at that bad thing. No, I uh, know, man. I know. Yeah. Uh, like I said, this was this was my introduction to muscle cars because my brother bought one just like this. <laughs> that he proceeded to walk out to the garage with a hacksaw <laughs> and try to cut the top off and was going to cut the top off here, down <laughs> here, here. And my father, Oh, look at that. $79,000. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's a beast there. Um, my father proceeded to smash my brother in the side of the head <laughs> and say, it, what it, are you good reason. stupid? I, I can't blame your dad. That's good reason. <laughs> now you knew my dad. So <laughs> my, my, my father was not good with stupidity. No, uh, I mean, he wouldn't have hurt him much, but just enough to get the point across that you, you're being a dumb. Now, this is the fastback version, yeah. but as well, uh, I always loved the 65 and the 66 because yeah. of the rear taillights being Audis instead of innies. Yes. Uh, because I do believe it was 67 that they became the, the innies. There was only always, two. It, it, it's funny because like with Mustangs, I've always had a soft spot for the Mach 1 and the Mach 2 versions in the in the 60s of those cars. 
I, I, I don't know. I mean, I love this style, but I mean, you know, James Bond in Diamonds of Forever had that that red with the white stripe Mach One, just mm-hmm. a good looking car. And the Mach Two, this is a good looking car too. Yeah, the the Mach One was probably my my favorite one. Uh, the Mach Two was good looking, but the Mach Two became too modern for me. But yeah. then you get when when you start talking about when you start talking about 007, Come on, man. Yeah, right. you know, you, 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 there's yeah, only one car thrown out one. a Trump card. Yeah, <laughs> there's only yeah. one car in that whole thing, which is that Aston Martin. Yeah. Well, you gotta admit, you know, if if James Bond had to drive an American car. It's going to be a Mustang. And that, yeah, that gives a little cred. That's a little street cred right there, you know. I, I give that to him. I do. <laughs> it's not going to stop the fact that there was an Aston Martin. Oh, yeah. You know. Uh, he, the, well, uh, yeah, yeah, but. But what? The, you're going to tell me. Okay. I, here's what I'm going to say to you before you say something silly. Let's think about the Aston Martin DB3 that he drove. Okay. At that point it, in time, it was, like it was the only. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's, it's a gorgeous car and everything like that. But what would you say is the most recognizable Bond car ever? Ever. I, I would go with the Aston Martin, but it's got to be the white lotus that turns into a freaking submarine, man. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. Come on. I'm it, just saying. It wasn't even a real car. Well, I mean, you know, lotuses technically aren't real cars. They're all just, you know, fiberglass and and, and Renault drivetrains and whatever. But, yeah, but let's face it. That's also a pretty damn gorgeous car. Look at that That's thing. an exchange. That doesn't count. <laughs> you need like a 79 Lotus Esprit. Yeah, I, I know. I, I should have looked that up, but <laughs> now I want a Lotus. I know. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. We were talking about ugly cars earlier. Okay, first of all, pull up the, the, there, there it is right go. there. Yes. Pull up in a spree for us to take a peek at. There it is. White. Oh, hell yeah. There you go. Yeah. That was the bad boy that turned into a submarine. Good stuff. And they even had a follow-up car the next film that unfortunately had to blow up. It didn't get to do a whole lot. But uh, Okay, so w- what? Oh, wait. There it was. Right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. All right. Look at that bad boy. That's that's exactly what I'll buy you when I'm rich. <laughs> the floating <laughs> I'll have lots of use for that. You know, they said that it really worked. Uh, I mean, the guys inside had to be in diving gear, but yes. It actually had articulated motion, and yep. it had little 
fan jets and it actually moved through the water. So, I mean, technically, it was a working submarine. Boy, I, I love this. This Lotus 19, this 1976 Lotus Esprit can't drive on <laughs> land. <laughs> All right, so what do you, so so what is your answer for the ugliest car? Oh, um, oh god, I, I, I can't think of the name of it. It is Lotus, however. Um, earlier than that, it's just another one of those pug cars that, like, it's a pug dog. It's so ugly. It's cool looking. Um, God bless it. Uh, my medicine is getting to me at this point in time. No, that's not medicine. <coughs> I know, old age. Uh, old, let's see here. Old. We need old, old. Um, Dude, there's some hot looking freaking Lotus cars now. Oh, yeah, man. The the Exige is really good looking. The, uh, yeah, the, the, that, that whole line and, and that whole line of cars like lotus engineering has really relied on their performance like their suspension system has always been second to none like you could take a crappy car but if you got lotus make the suspension for it it turned into a good car and they made some weird stuff they made some airbag suspension cars they made for other manufacturers that worked really well they were actually the first car company, uh, sports car company, to come out with independent front suspension, which, which made the Lotus incredibly awesome for the touring car circuits. Yep. Because they could rock corners where other cars couldn't. Is that it right there? You need to look up a Europa. Lotus Europa. That's an Elan, which was a pretty damn ugly car. <laughs> Europa. There, there it is. <laughs> Just, I don't even know what to say. I would sport one of those cars in a heartbeat. I... It's so ugly, it's cool looking. Oh my gosh! Yep, let's get a picture of this. He had some, and, and it was funny because like they had they had the bizarrest combinations of engines and transmissions in that car. Sometimes it was a British engine, sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes Dude, it, it was a it French like transmission, a sometimes it wasn't. It was just but but ugly and cool all at the same time. Now, now here's here's the thing about this car, people. All of this here is engine. No, most of that is air. There's a tiny little engine and transmission in there. It's mostly just air. But you could open that up and stand in there and work on the engine. It was awesome. (laughs) Being a British car, it needed that a lot. So it was a win-win. Yeah. I, I I could totally see you rocking this. Oh yeah. Um, but then again, I totally kind of 
through college watched you drive around in a car that we had to fix every time we got in it yeah uh so yeah that was that that was that beautiful triumph i still to this day love that triumph spitfire well well, then pull up this the 1500 in brown man that was the car and i remember i had the optional hardtop on that car which actually made that kind of livable in ohio that hardtop made life a lot better in Ohio because you actually had a back window you could see out of. Right. There it is. Brown right there. Yeah, that's the one. Look at that bad boy. Big rubber bumpers to meet American standards. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez, man. Still one of my favorite cars. That is... You got to remember too, that car there, and I believe the TR6 were all um, Pininfarina design. And Pininfarina is a huge design company that did pretty much every beautiful car you've ever loved in your life came from Pininfarina design company. Um, All the way down to the Pin and Farina company, yeah, oh, yeah, God, I love that car. Uh, the Pin and Farina, like all the way, went down all the way to like the uh, the Honda S two thousand. They did the design for that car. Mm-hmm. They did the design for the Testarossa. They did the design. I mean, pretty much any car that you loved that was foreign, they probably did the design for that car. And the, yeah, that's just such Look at that. an iconic. I have <laughs> never seen a Triumph that clean. No, and you never would. <laughs> uh, no. no, because like uh, the minute that you change the valve cover gasket, it will start to leak. Yeah. yeah and yeah, and it will spray oil all over. Now, if you want to see a, a Triumph that clean, you put some other manufacturer's engine into it and then it'll stay clean looking. Now, <laughs> I was actually... Imagine- I was Taking actually able to redo my dashboard wood down to down to where it looked like it was brand new. Like, did you did you do a a, a, a laminate over it, or did you do like a solid uh, wood piece? No, I, I did a I I sanded it down and ended up varnishing over the top of it. Oh, okay. You got lucky then. There was still wood there to. There was those enough. Were all just a laminate. They they took a, a piece of plywood and then took a nice you know thin veneer of yeah, walnut or whatever. That's exactly what it is. It's a yeah. veneer, but the veneer there was enough of it to where I could sand it off and and rock varnish on nice. it. Nice. And I sat back and went. That looks gorgeous. But the fact is, is that that varnish, just like on a boat, is only good for about five years. Yeah, there's, well, and probably nowadays with as much technology as going into new varnishes for boats, you probably find a UV varnish that will last a good 10 or 15 years. Yeah, back in the day, you were lucky to get five, six years out of that, unless you kept the car in a garage and took it out 15 minutes a month. Yeah, they were going to get sun damaged. They were going to get peeled. Yeah, it was just, it was just, it was rough, but just 
simple. Just love that it's a flat piece of wood. You got some gauges. Have a nice day. Hey, Burke. This one's you know, only fifteen nine. No, yeah, that's fourteen thousand dollars more than I can afford at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. That that's a great car. It, it it's about as ugly a color as my brown Triumph, so I'd probably be have no problem sporting that color. I I would love to get that old blue though, because that that blue was my first one. God, I love that color in that car. And whoever I bought it from, um, redid the inside. The inside was originally a baby blue, uh, vinyl whatever it was in the inside. And they dyed all the seats, all the sides and everything, uh, a camel brown. So you had this like deep navy blue with that classic brown interior. It looked, it was really a good look on the car. Really great look. Um, and here's the, okay, just weird random crap. I had to go drive down to a customer's house today uh-huh pick this person up and drive them back to the sh- the dealership because their car was totaled out i'm driving down this road in clinton ohio which is kind of the middle of nowhere whatever you know and i'm driving down this road going my god this road looks familiar and i turn onto another road and i'm like holy crap this is the road with the house where this lady lived, who I bought my original TR6 from. I You're drove kidding. past the house where I bought my TR6 from originally. What was that? 40 years ago? Uh, yeah, you had had it like for three years before you and I met. Yeah. So 35 years ago, I drove down the road, bought a beautiful car. It broke. Out. And that's another... I kind of dig the tier three or tier fours. I'm sorry. The bug eye thing was kind of cool. And that, if I recall, I think those also had a straight six in them and were slightly smaller than the tier six, which that would have been a potent little combination. Uh, Four speed manual inline four. Oh, okay. My bad. Still. Or something. Still. Yeah. This is, it's kind of like the bug eye sprite of the triumph. The, the thing about this this car was that <coughs> the ass end here let me get to the ass end actually looked a little more like a spitfire but the front end just looks weird yeah um, the back end's a little actually more like the alpines were um and a, yeah. and a little bit of what the triumph stag i think was but uh and I think when you went back another generation to maybe the tier threes, those look like the MGTDs that you like. The Triumph had a car that looked a lot like the MGTD. Oh, there's the TR6. Mm. <laughs> You're killing me, man. Stop. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's the TR7. I the almost shape bought, of things to come. I almost bought this this car. <clears throat> Good thing you didn't. Yeah. Like to take the worst British car you've ever owned and make it even worse. And it was that car. 
Uh, it was less reliable than the Spitfire. Oh, and then the TR8. I don't think anyone. Uh, I don't think anyone I know ever owned one of these. I, I've seen a couple of those in California. I cannot remember the manufacturer of the eight-cylinder engine. From what I heard, when they ran, they ran. They were they were fast. Look, I mean, let's face it: a V8 car and a little Triumph convertible. Yeah, I mean, that's just this, insane. Look at the size of that thing. I I, I don't I even think this is going to say the weight, but uh, three point five V8. I mean, that's, yeah, that 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 thing just ran like you couldn't believe. But then mm -hmm. they would break down, and it would be you know it wouldn't run. So they. Oh, I think Burke died. <laughs> Dude, you just all of a sudden froze. I was like, is he okay? I was just reminiscing because going back before my dad lived in California, I'd go out and visit him every summer. And this is the kind of car you would see all over the place. You would see TR's sevens and tr8s and just you know these these kind of over the top cars <clears throat> and they were probably brand new back in the day and they were probably running for a couple of years and then they all died out and, you know then you don't see them anymore 66 bitfire isn't that thing gorgeous like, yeah here's the weird thing man i i kind of dug my my 70s version well, the 70s, I don't know what it was. Like this was a little too, too rough, not well, I, refined enough. Everything on this is rounded. Where you you start going into the seventies, it it the lines become a little bit straighter. The, it actually looks meaner. Well, I don't know. I like the sharper nose on yeah. on the seventies version. I don't mind. I don't mind the rubber bumpers. I know it was all American thing, and everyone was like, "Oh, don't have chrome bumpers." Like I didn't give a crap about chrome bumpers. Okay, I so thought, so he, here's the '66. Right. Here, here's what I'm talking about. Here we're gonna go to the '74. Yeah, that is just a badass looking front end. You of see, a car. you see how the lines all got straighter, which makes it yeah. more defined. Which yeah. means that when you look at it from the front. It's a mean looking car. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, that ass end, the way that they keep that in a sloping fashion down, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, a Jag Jaguar always built their cars a lot like yep. that. A little, little MG action in the back there. Um, mm -hmm. And here's a really bizarre little thing. I was watching the movie of speed racer yeah there's a little scene at the very end where the mach 5 has come out of an ice cave and flipped over a thing and <clears throat> it's a patch of oil and flips onto another thing the back end of the mach 5 is really super close to the back end of that car right there yep yeah, it's I would just, it's, thoroughly it's a, agree. With it's that. a it's just a classic look on a car. You know, you, you just can't get away from it. 
It's like that almost has too much chrome for me. I'm not a chrome guy. <laughs> I've never been. I've never been a Harley guy. I've never been the big American muscle guy. I've never been into chrome. It's like that's too much chrome. I, I'm okay with the black bumpers. I'm okay with less. Sometimes less is more. Um, I'm, I'm still a chrome fan, but, <laughs> but I mean, you, you look, have to look at the stick shift. What an awkward angle for that stick shift. Okay, wait, now, let me go. Okay. <clears throat> so pull that up. Now go to an 04 Civic SI hatch and look at the stick shift on that car. All right, let's see if I can find the stick shift on this. This is Scoot from the Cleveland Sports Fan Network here to tell you about our new lineup for the rest of 2021 and beyond. We still have your favorites like Oshimaida and the Fan on Mondays, our flagship show, the Cleveland Sports Fan on Tuesdays, Wednesday has the Burley Gunner Show, Thursday is the Four Chubs, a roundtable show hosted by Burley Gunner, and on Friday, Pit Road News, a NASCAR, F1, and IndyCar talk show hosted by Scoot the Cleveland sports fan himself. New episodes every day at 6 a.m. Eastern. Visit us at redcircle.com forward slash Cleveland dash sport dash fan. Images, images. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Not stuck right out of the friggin' dash at an awkward angle. Uh, okay that reminds me of the mercedes sprinter well that was this design was uh based on rally cars where they took the stick shift lever took it way up so that it was inches away from the steering wheel so that you didn't have to move your hand off of the steering wheel too very far to shift gears and believe it or not even though it's up on the dash, it still was a, a, a forward motion and yeah. very like you could rest your hand on it. It was a very it was a very comfortable car to drive. I mean, I spent one hundred eighty five thousand miles in that car, and it was a joy. It was a total joy. But that's just um, looking. It's okay. great. Okay, let, <laughs> let me ask you this: Would would that civic hatchback be as much fun to drive as that if you took and that's what we're trying to do at work if you took my engine and my transmission from my 04 civic put it into that car yes that would be the poo that would be the shit right there because you got classic looks reliability power mm -hmm. Yeah, that would just be the total, total package on a car. We have a car at work. These poor guys at work, before COVID all started, they bought a shell of a GT6. So that car in a hardtop came in a straight six-cylinder variant. <clears throat> so they bought a 
Triumph GT6 body, and they are planning on putting a modern day Civic SI engine. So Honda, to, that's uh, that's Alfa Romeo. Oh yeah, the Veloce. Uh, yeah, even nicer than yeah. That's just a that that, that was that, a hot car in California. That you car will do eighty spit. miles an hour. You couldn't spit. That's the car that they drove in the movie Fletch when he was trying to get yes. away from the cops. Yes. Yes. You, couldn't, you could not spit and not hit one of those cars in the road. They were everywhere in California back in the early 80s. You, they, they were just they were everywhere because they didn't rust. And there was plenty of, you know, alpha dealers that could actually fix the cars because it was Italian. It was going to break. They- <laughs> Look at that. It's only it's only nine grand. Um, yeah, that, yeah, no, 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 God, that is, that, that is so close to the Spitfire styling and that, yeah, and it's tough because both of those cars were just total that, pieces of crap when it keeps to fixing them. They were horrible. Well, that's like, I, I, my, my brother owned one of these. Yeah, and uh, I went off to boot camp in 1992, and when I came back, my brother picked me up from the airport in his Alfa Romeo, and proceeded to look at me and say, "Oh, we're gonna go get drunk." Yeah. I said, I'm fine with that. Let's go do it. So him and I went out. I had not drank in four months (laughs) so i proceeded to get drunk really really quick (laughs) and uh uh it was not a pretty sight (laughs) but at least it was convertible you could just lean your head out the side and not throw up inside the car now i proceeded to swing open the door to try to relieve it and instead of getting it out of the car it all landed on the door sill oh i've I've been in worse situations with cars and puke so that's okay my you tried your best good job little buddy yeah, my brother has never forgiven me. <laughs> Best you car I ever owned. For a male, man. <laughs> Best car I ever owned, and you puked in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Cat, if you knock over my drink, I will beat your ass. I'm so glad that I always put explicit on all of my stuff. (laughs) NSFW. I I was I've I've been editing the show from last night that that we did all day today. And uh you you could tell that we were all pretty lively by like the the second hour uh because I'm like edit 
Edit, edit, edit. <laughs> I can't say that. Oh, crap. I can't say that. What the? Damn, did I say that? Mm, mm, All right. Mm, 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 mm. I, I I have this this one cover up that I use that I called swibbadoo. 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 Cover that. Cover that. Cover that. Cover. Oh. Just, just take the word and reverse it on the audio and they'll never know. You know it's the, 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 fuck I, what? the the uh the show last night was the first show back after our summer break and uh so it was like i've recorded four hours which was which is long moment. like usually yeah. i record an hour and a half and i'm done so anyways you could tell that the other guys were getting frustrated about two and a half hours in because that that f word just started becoming regular vocabulary <laughs> which yeah which you know yeah it, it becomes that at, at, at a certain point in the evening after you've had enough medicine uh you know we're getting on in age we need our medicine and every, you know every sentence began with it's just a great word come on it, like, you can use it for everything it, it adjectives nouns verbs transitive it's 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 universal they were actually really we were talking about the indians and and they got even even more animated i was like i, I don't know if i can handle this thing <laughs> <laughs> anyways thanks for listening to the fan and friends if you'd like to hear a little bit more there's actually bonus content being downloaded tomorrow uh, Burke and Scott talking about the University of Akron and life in Ohio. <laughs>